Now, it is our honor today to also welcome Pastor Harry Watson from the Southern Baptist Association. Well, this is a great church. I uh, remember back when, a long time ago, uh, in 1995, when I was here, it was, and we we were meeting down in the high school, and uh, the the National Association of Southern Baptist Chaplains was meeting here in Las here in Laughlin, uh, at one of the hotels for their national convention, and they said, "Can they come and join us for the worship service?" And they came and joined us for worship service that morning. And then they went home and said that, hallelujah, they had been in the presence of the Lord. Because this church was planted here, and this community that, that needed the Lord, desperately needed the Lord. And they've answered the call. And they've been preaching the gospel all these years. And many people have accepted Christ as their Savior. Lives have been changed. It has been a, a great blessing. And today we're here to celebrate Pastor Ryan's uh, 20 years in the ministry. You know, nobody can come into the ministry uh, on their own. It is God that does the calling. Whenever I was in seminary, I, I had some men who I went to seminary with who were there because they wanted to do good. They were there because they thought that it was a good gig, uh, and they didn't know what they were thinking about talking about. But anyway, they were there because of all these other reasons. There's only one reason why a man lasts in the ministry. That's because God's call is upon his heart. And Ryan has, has answered God's call, and he's brought him here to this community. The role of a pastor is described in, first, in Colossians 1, 24 to 29. And it says in that passage that the pastor should suffer for the people. He should preach the gospel. He should teach the people and serve under the power of God. The most demanding part of a pastor's job is not the preaching or the teaching. It's the serving the people. Because people hurt. People sometimes rejoice, but most of the time when they come to see the pastor... It's not because they're rejoicing, it's because they're hurting, and the pastor's there to take care of them. No one can assume the role of pastor by themselves. Uh, many men have come to me and said that they wanted to be a pastor, and I would say to them, uh, if you can do something else, go do it. <laughs> because, <laughs> But if you can't do anything else, if God's call is so powerful on your life, then get at it. And that's what Ryan has done for you here in this community. He has got at it. He has been the man for the hour. The scriptures say in, in Hebrews, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they will keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. Ryan has come here to watch over your souls. It's his job to tell you, thus saith the Lord. The scriptures say that 
God gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to build up the body of Christ. The pastor is the servant of the people. He is here to transform us from heathens to Christ-likeness. And it's a hard job because it takes patience and it takes endurance and it takes crying a lot as you cry over the people. So all these things are things that Ryan's been called to do. The call of God is, is not something new that we talk about in this generation. In uh, Genesis chapter uh, 12, verses 1 and 2, it says to Abraham, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to a land which I have shown you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. Abraham was 75 years old when God called him, and he called him to give up his, his home and go and follow where God had called him to go. That's what Ryan had to do. He had to give up his home and come here to this place, which is uh, not exactly home, but he became home to him. But uh, God called him to this place. The call of God has always been upon men, uh, different men at different times. In Exodus chapter 3, Moses is called, and he's called out of a burning bush, and he said that he was being called to go to preach to Pharaoh and to lead this people out of Israel. Moses was 80 years old. I'm not saying you have to be old, Ryan, in order to have a call of God. But I'm saying that to say when you get to be my age, you look to those dates that say these old men still can serve. Uh, and we, we uh, uh, need the encouragement. But before we can do something great, God's call has to be on our lives. I can remember this church back in the old days when Phil started it. I remember seeing Phil in 1985 at Glorietta, and he was just starting down here. And uh, he, he, he had a big dream, and he, was, uh, uh, he didn't know how he was going to do it. And he found a handful of people who would work alongside of it. And that handful of people has grown to this crowd that's here today and much more because there's many people who have accepted Christ and moved on. One of the things, Ryan, you know about this community is they don't stay here for long. They get here, they get saved, and they get on down the road. Uh, that's kind of what happens. After Moses was called, Joshua was called. And Joshua was called to lead the people of Israel to conquer the land that had been promised to their forefathers. He was given a particular charge that was, I, I seem to think is important for the pastor to have. He said, be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people the possession of the land for which I swore to their fathers to give them. The pastor of the church must be strong and courageous because there, it's not for wimps. It takes, it takes a lot of courage to stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord every week. It takes a lot of courage to say to somebody, What you're doing is wrong, 
and you need to repent and turn from what you're doing. It takes courage, and, and uh, it, it is uh, important that you be strong and not back down. And Ryan's been that for this community. He's, he is standing here as your leader because he has been able to stand up. 20 years of service, four of them for you. It is God that selects the leaders. Uh, he, uh, he selected leaders after he selected these leaders. He selected the different ones uh, that were all looking at their heart and not at the man. If, you, if we select the leaders, quite often we select the most handsome, the tallest, yeah, I know, Ryan. In your case, it's both. So, <laughs> so but, but as, as, as men, we have a tendency to select somebody who looks good. God looks at the heart, and he selects people with a tender heart. And this is what he selected with Ryan. He called people like Samuel to lead the people because he was pure, he called Simon and Andrew. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. He called John and James and called them out to follow him. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. When God saves you, he calls you with a holy calling, not according to your works, but according to his purpose and grace which was given to you in Christ Jesus before the world began. The Bible says that for this, for we were his workmanship created for good works, which he has preordained that we should do. He is the one who calls us out. God's call calls the pastor to lead, to protect, and to guide his people. He has a special responsibility for the church God holds him responsible for doing for well-being. He is to guide you to a place of service. He is to teach you to be faithful in whatever God calls you to do. Each of us has a special calling. It's not just the pastor who's called. Ryan has been called to be your pastor and it's his job to equip you for the work God has called you to be. Uh, I, I use often in my sermons the illustration of my friend Littleton Everett. In 1979, when I moved to Las Vegas, Littleton Everett was working in a gas station. He didn't own the station. He just worked in the gas station pumping gas. And he uh, uh, had worked there since 1949. And he worked there until 1984. For 35 years, he worked at a filling station pumping gas. And the reason he worked at a filling station pumping gas is because he said God called him to pump gas. We need to understand that the call of God is on every one of us. Ryan's call is to be your leader. He is to equip you for the work that God has called you to be. But he's equipping you so that you can be God's work, work, worker out in the field. It's not Ryan's job to get everybody in Laughlin saved. 
It's your job to get everybody in Laughlin saved. And so Ryan's job is to equip you for the work. He's, he has got the skills and the personality and the disposition to care for this church. God brought him to this church. Uh, one of the things that one of, in my theology is that I believe that God calls the man because of the man's heart. And he places him in his place of service because of his disposition, because of who he is. So God called Ryan to be a pastor. And he placed him here in this community in order that he could take care of you. It, not everybody could, do, could, could work in this community. Uh, it is, is a hard community to work in. So what are the characteristics that Ryan has to exhibit in order to be your leader? First one is he's got to love the Lord. The Bible says to love your Lord with all your heart, with all your might, and with all your soul. The Bible says that we are to love God more than anything else. He is to love God more than he loves his family, his friends, his, his denomination. You should love your denomination, though. I just, just say you should love your denomination, your, 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 your country, or anything else. So you're supposed to love the Lord first. I tell preachers whenever I'm preaching a charge to a preacher, I'll tell them, you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your might and all your soul. You love yourself so you can take care of your wife. <laughs> and then you're supposed to love your wife. Uh, but you take care of yourself so that you can take care of her. And uh, that's the order of priorities, Ryan, And just in case you didn't know that. The second thing that you are to do as a, the pastor of this church that, that they look at is you're supposed to be like Jesus Christ. When you walk down the street, the people of this community need to say, there goes Jesus. I see him walking down the street. It is in this community, you have a very special calling because you're the preacher. There's not another preacher for them to lean on. You're the preacher. And so they're looking at you to say, how does Jesus act? And whenever they see you, they say, wow. That's how he acts. Or they say, my, that's how he acts. But we hope they say, wow, <laughs> instead of my. So, but anyway, the second thing you are to do is you are to be like Jesus. You're to, to, to do the things he would do. Uh, and you are to be above reproach in the community. Third thing is you're supposed to love the people. Jesus sets you here to, to, to develop the people to be like Christ. And you could do that without, pre, without loving them. But the Bible says that you're supposed to love the people. It says they'll know our, we are Christians by our love. And so God calls you to love this church. And I know you do because I've seen how they respond to you. And if you weren't loving them, they wouldn't respond the way they respond. They, they love you back, I tell you, just in case you hadn't noticed it. They love you a whole lot. 
and that's good. That's the way it's supposed to be. You need to be a servant of the people. You know, a servant does not wait to be asked. A servant just does what has to be done. And he doesn't do it because he gets people saying thank you or he gets people saying you're a a wonderful person or because you get paid. You serve because God opens your eyes to see those in need. And he, he, he helps you not because you come to him, but because he looks at your life and sees somebody who needs help and he's there to help. He needs a vision for the community. One of the things that uh, uh, I, I find it hard for a lot of preachers, a lot of preachers become managers. They just take care of things the way they are. A good preacher says this is the way they should be and works towards that. And I know you're doing that because I've talked to you. And I know that you have, you're not satisfied with the way things are, but you're looking forward to what God will do in this community. And that's, that, that's a mark of a strong leader is somebody who's going to, to lead you to, to accomplish more than you ever would have dreamed. And that brings me to the next thing that characterizes a good leader, and that's faith. Uh, I wrote down here, used an example of College Park Baptist Church. I, I, I use that example a lot, but this is a part of it that some people may not think was very smart. College Park was a church of less than 200, and our income was $2,500 a month. This was back in 1980. And we contracted to build a building that we took out a loan that was $12,000 a month and built a building to seat 700. Now, you say, why would you do that? Because God gave us a vision. And we did what God called you to do. This is what Ryan has done with you. God gave him a vision of what he wants the church to be. It's not easy to step out in faith because sometimes you fall in your face because it is only God that's going to see you through it. And so Ryan is a man of faith, and he has led you to make commitments to do things that that only God can do. And that's what's supposed to happen. As your pastor, he's supposed to get you to to reach as far as you can reach and then allow God to reach the, the other 10 feet. That's, that, that's what a pastor does. He is a person of integrity. He's a soul winner. And he must be confident. All these things are to say that he has a positive attitude. He's one who wants to get things done. He is to lead you the way... Jesus led. And so, how are you supposed to respond? Well, I want to read you a passage of Scripture and then talk about it for a minute, and then I'll shut up. But just for a minute, I want to talk to you about, this is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 12. It says, But we request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you, and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work live at peace with one another 
We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone, see that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seeks after that which is good for one another and for all people. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. This is how you're supposed to treat Ryan. You're supposed to demonstrate these characteristics. The first one is you're supposed to say thank you. You know how you say thank you? You, you give him cards. You give him gift cards that say free meals. You, you give him uh, uh, whatever it is that, he, that makes him happy. You recognize him. You say thank you after he preaches to you. You say thank you whenever he just, you just see him on the street because you, you are showing appreciation for him. You, you make up reasons to recognize him. Second thing that it says to do is to esteem him highly. You know what it means to esteem somebody? Respect him. Listen to what he says to you and respect it. He is God's spokesman for this church. It's his job to stand here in this pulpit and say, Thus saith the Lord, and he speaks with the strength of the Lord. So you need to esteem him highly. Get along with one another. It's, it's, it's what it says. It says, get along with one another. It says, live at peace with one another. Get along with one another. Every pastor likes to see a church that pulls together. They want a church that everybody... Uh, cares for each other. And this is, tells you how to get along. It says, admonish the unruly. Don't wait for Ryan to say to the unruly that you're out of line. When you see someone out of line, go to them and say so. Uh, encourage the faint-hearted. When somebody is, is weak, go help them. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Do not repay evil with evil, but seek good. Uh, for one another. And then it says rejoice always. Every pastor wants his church to be full of joy. I only met one pastor who didn't and he just didn't want anybody to be happy. So. <laughs> but he's the exception. Most pastors want their, their, their church to be happy. And it makes his life good whenever everybody is happy. And pray without ceasing. You are to pray for him. Thank God for him. He is God's gift to you. He's, he is his, you are to love him and to respect him. Take care of his needs. Whatever you can, give him a raise. He, he needs a raise. No matter how much you're paying him, he still needs a raise. 
I said all these things just to say that Ryan's has built a great church here. Because since he's been here, he's built upon the foundation that Pastor Gene built. Every pastor builds on the previous man's shoulders. And he's brought people to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. He's got people to rededicate their lives. He has done what God has called him to do in this body. It's exciting to see how God is continuing to bless this church. I rejoice always in my every remembrance of you because of the work of the Lord I see going on here in Laughlin, Nevada. It's exciting. I, I remember the, 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 the days back in, in the 90s whenever we just dreamed of someday we would have a building. Let alone, you know, it was like it would never happen. And God, through his mercy, provided. And God, through his mercy, has brought many people here to be saved. And God, through his mercy, he brought Ryan here to be your pastor. And Ryan is not here by accident. He is here because God has brought him here and given him this assignment. And so rejoice always that the Lord has given him to you. And thank you for listening.